I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 375, A Video Games Hot Dog, A Pirate Radio Show on the Internet. Wow. I know, I'm only doing it correctly when Jim's not here. That's great. Uh, joining us, uh, as astute listeners may have noticed, Duncan Robson. Hi, Duncan. Hi. I'm uh, I'm filling in for uh, the, uh, the other tired dad. Yeah, he's a sick dad. Yeah. He's a sick and tired dad. Yeah. He he said that you could you could provide your fatherly perspective in his in lieu of his. Yeah, well, mine's a little different because uh, my daughter's four. But um... wait, wait. So the perspective changes as the child ages. Yeah, what? it's been much longer since our listeners received an update about your daughter. Basically, <laughs> her into. So, what's the difference between having a four-year-old and not having a daughter at all? <laughs> what are you What are you working on these days, Duncan? I am working on. Um, this project called Hours Played, which uh, I've been working on for way too long. I did a Kickstarter at the end of last year, and uh, it was to make one hour, one hour, uh, a kind of a proof of concept of um, of a planned twenty four hour video, uh, like a supercut of clocks from video games, which is um, inspired by uh, a famous uh, art installation called the Clock which Christian Markley made about 10 uh, about ten years ago, I think. Yeah, I got to see part oh, of yeah. it when I was in um, Melbourne. It was really good. And it's just a vid- video of clocks at different times? It's, it is a 24-hour uh, compilation of clips of from movies and TV shows um, that take place at certain times you there is often a clock in the frame but not always and like there's a lot of uh other intercut material to sort of bridge sort of narrative gaps like it's it's not exactly telling a story but it is like setting a scene in a way it's it's really interesting like i didn't i thought this sounds like it's going to be boring and then i sat there and i watched it for an hour and it was great (laughs) um do you do you reckon that anyone has ever seen the like two a.m. to three a.m. part of it? Is it always played in real time? It is always played in real time. It, the time on the 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 screening matches the thing, and as part of the condition of screening it, the museum has to at least I think like four days of the run do actually have the museum open for twenty four hours. Oh wow! Yeah, hmm. um, I have heard that those hours aren't so good. Oh, in terms maybe, of like maybe the quality because, of them, or uh, yeah, maybe because there's less. Uh, to choose less clocks uh, to pick from. Yeah, that's probably um, true. Which I'm, I'm finding my like in my big spreadsheet is the middle of the night is uh, really is not so much. To, How's to progress from. on yours? And yours is that, but video games. Yep. Yeah, um. So it's it's almost done. It's I've uh, I ended up making almost two hours instead of wow. one, partly because of a kind of mix up <laughs> with the GDC Film Festival, where I started to make a a certain. Uh, I one to two p.m., and they were like, "Well, you can. Uh, your slot is actually this this time." So from two oh, to wow. three p.m. So, two to three. so you're, you're so also I, committed so to that a person is only allowed to look at this at the time that it represents. Well, I I wanted to for that, and but I've had other interests from other festivals, who, and they can't do that, so it's fine. <laughs> well, you <laughs> just I, have to I, finish I, it and yeah. show whatever time they allow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's almost it's almost done. I'm going to show. Uh, I'm going to put it just on YouTube. I was thinking it would stream, but I, after looking into it, I thought um, it's uh, it's it's just not going to work with like ads 
and it's going to go out of sync oh, and, and right. time zones and everything. So if people want to watch it in, in sync with the real time, they can do that themselves. I see. Um, yeah, you don't want to try to, it, it, if it can only go viral in a two hour period each day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go viral. It's, so is, is, it, <laughs> is it, it's a full two hour chunk then from one to 3 p.m.? Um, it, uh, right now it has like a long gap in the middle, which I'm probably just going to put an intermission in <laughs> okay. um, because there's a couple of there's a couple of games i can use and i could fill the gaps with some boring like just long sections of games where right the clock can be any time um are you requiring the, a clock to be on screen the whole time no no okay uh, yeah there's i think the the longest clips are maybe sort of three minutes long okay and it could be just whatever is just as long as there's a frame of a clock in there somewhere that's somewhere uh, well I, long enough that people notice hopefully okay so it it will be when i showed it at gdc people were like oh i, I enjoyed like the that it was kind of like a game where you had to find the clock each time oh and, that's uh, cool um i it, i did not have a complete understanding of what any of this stuff was until just now <laughs> just <laughs> by having back the kickstarter and <laughs> I, I could probably i could probably show you later uh the Work in progress. I want to watch um, it at the right time, though. So maybe I'll, maybe <laughs> I'll just wait. I I think it's all of your supercuts go viral, Duncan. That's no, they what don't. You, that's what you are. Is the, a viral the, the first one supercut went, the first manufacturing one super. machine. Was the first one percussive maintenance? No, the first was let's enhance, which is uh, wow, really enhance. okay. It's uh, ten years old this this year. Gosh, that's amazing. Um, and that was the most viral. I mean, but like most of the views of that are now uh, from when uh, PewDiePie. Um, Stole it. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Stole it. <laughs> well, he just he just reacted to it like, quite recently see. for some reason. Was and, it because uh, of Nicole Hayes' game? No. Oh, maybe. Did, I, did he play that? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I have never cared about anything less than I care how PewDiePie <laughs> felt about that video. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he... Uh, it was yeah. It was hard is to it watch. a monetized video? Do you get like? Uh, it probably is. Yeah, I don't. Oh, mine isn't. No, but his. He's probably. Hmm. He, uh, he's made that's more money. He made more money bitch. from it in a few days than I ever. <laughs> Whatever. That makes me. That makes me. So let's enhance, and then the percussive maintenance uh, is, I think, the first one that I saw that like I then associated it with a person. I probably saw let's enhance and just didn't know uh, you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I after let's enhance. I got a like commission from a museum to do a tumbleweeds supercut, mm. and then I did three point landing, which I kind of made <laughs> to show at Ruffle, the third Rufflecon. Um, Andy so Andy good. Bayo invited me to be on a panel about supercuts, which is super weird. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and uh, who else was on that panel? Who else? Is, who oh, else is working uh, in your space? Oh, uh, this guy called Aaron Valdez, who is amazing he used to make videos with a bunch of other people called wreck and salvage and um trying to think of a good one of his he did this great bruce willis supercut um and i'll track it down he's 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 not done much lately and the other guy was uh rich joswiak who's he made i'm not here to make friends Mm. um and Mm. he's like a writer he's he He's written for Gork. Well, he used to write for Gorker and various other places. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after that, I did percussive maintenance and I got to show that at XOXO 
and then you know and then occasionally I'll get um like um freelance jobs where people want me to make supercuts for them so I've done those for AARP yeah what does AARP want a supercut of <laughs> uh, the last one was like for neighbor day so it was just like n- neighbor <laughs> characters from TV okay um, okay it was fun. <laughs> Wilson. It's, it's and... just, you know, content for their website and um, huh. for their Facebook. Uh, Do they, like, the number of hours that you've put into these supercuts is kind of intense. Like, yeah. they can't possibly pay you, like, a, a reasonable wage. Well, actually, the, they are the only people who do. Okay. <laughs> And, and the, Wait, the are ones you saying that the... old people have all the money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the the only reason that I ever did them was because for a long time I was living here on a spouse visa and couldn't actually work. Oh. <laughs> so I had all this time to do stuff like that. And now I have a green card and so I haven't made, apart from this thing, which I wouldn't have done if I hadn't gotten some Kickstarter money for. Um, and I probably, unless I can uh, find some... Uh, eccentric billionaire to find <laughs> the, the other 22 hours I, I'm probably going to leave it at two <laughs> uh, and you also do uh, video game trailers including all of the trailers for West of Loathing yay yeah. what other notable video game tra- what, what other video game trailers are you proud of what should I, what uh, should I I'm leave proud to of. in the show right, I've not done that many but um, I, I'm proud of the ones I did for Nog um, and is that how you pronounce it not Gnog yeah, I think that's how they pronounce okay. it. Um, and uh, I did one for uh, Gunhouse, which uh, which Jim worked yeah. on. The, it was like the switch port for Gunhouse. Um, and yeah, the West of Loathing trailers. And I did. What's, what else? Um, I'm forgetting some. I did one for Loot Rascals. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Um, that was Ricky Haggett and. Someone else was it? Uh, uh, was it Dakog or was that Davy um, Swapaz, the animator? Mm. Uh, he's he's really funny. I uh, I played Loot Rascals at like a demo station and couldn't really understand what was happening in it. It was a bad it was a bad environment, but it seems like it seemed like a good premise. And it's cute, and I yeah, bet the trailer was good. It's good. I'm I'm not very good at it, but um, yeah. The yeah the uh, other trailers are better than the one I did. But no. <laughs> um, well, you only see the flaws in your own work, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's... Um, yeah, that's it. I think um, I I want to keep doing game trailers. That um, it's spotty work, right? Because like a game that takes four years to develop only needs thirty seconds of trailer. Yeah, I, yeah. There's been a few where it's just not it's not worked out. Like um, either I um, just can't I just can't f- find a, an angle to <laughs> to right. to sell that game well, or uh, or I just don't have enough time. And we've certainly made some games that were untrailerable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think every game needs a trailer. I, it's a oh, shame. I don't it's either, sh- but well, boy, I you guess, know who does is marketing people. <laughs> yeah, and I guess all the stores need trailers, don't they? Yes, but, they do. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a shame because it kind of takes time away from making yes, the does. game better. <laughs> <laughs> um, like one of my favorite trailers is the, there's the playable trailer that they made for Ape Out. 
Hmm. I didn't. I guess I didn't notice just, that they had that to play it. Before, yeah, really. it was it was quite a long time before the game came out. Um, um, it was, so it was just like a little demo. Yeah, it was just a demo, but huh. with with uh, text kind of in the you know in that uh, style that they have. That's that. cool. That's clever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not like um, Derek Liu, who's like he's he's churning out tons of trailers and doing a podcast about trailers now. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, in a way, you are doing a podcast about trailers. Oh he, yeah, it's just our podcast. Did <laughs> he do the Firewatch? Trailer? I think he, he did, did yeah, do the yeah. Firewatch trailer. Yeah. Okay. Um, what have you been? What have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, I have not been up to much. I went and saw a movie uh, with you called oh, yeah. Under the Silver Last Lake. Last night, Under the Silver Lake. Have you seen Under the Silver Lake? Oh, is that did um, Disaster Piece do music? For yes. Did. Cool. Uh, oh. I've heard about it, but um, yeah, I've seen it. It's directed by the director of It Follows. David it... Mitchell something. Yeah. Something. <laughs> it, it apparently got, so I remember seeing previews for it at the Draft House in like, probably 2017 and being kind of excited about huh. it and then I assumed that it had just come and only played for a week and left without me noticing it somehow but apparently it just reviewed really poorly at con cans <laughs> at oh at, like at a, the Tribeca at, Film Festival at a major film uh, festival <laughs> yeah and then it's the distribution deal kind of soured and it like this apparently was its release I guess huh. like it released for one showing at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco only. No. Um, it is nothing like It Follows. Which is the other. Yeah. Other. It is a lot like The Big Lebowski in my estimation. In the There are ways in which it is like The Big Lebowski. It, oh, yeah. it's, it's setting is, it's not as funny. It's setting is like modern day LA and it is very like, sort of Thomas Pinchon conspiracy yeah. but it is uh I I think that if I were a woman I would have like hated absolutely everything about the movie like I think it's possible it is it, it is full of women all of whom are just objects Props. both in the story and on the screen yeah. and it is it like it leans into it to the point where you think, well, well, you know, this has to be on purpose, and it is what the story is about to some extent. But then there's also just like a lot of gratuitous tits that kind of give lie to the idea that it's being done knowingly. Yeah. Um, that said, I liked it a great deal just because of what it was, what it was about, and the way that I, I don't know. I. I I'm envious of people who go to film school because I feel like they have a vocabulary for talking about movies that I don't, and I never know how to describe. Like, what did you did you like it? I did, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it. I'm a sucker for sort of conspiracy theory slash like puzzles hidden in the world, mm -hmm. um, and so like that is just very much what this movie is all about. Is like finding secret messages that are like hidden in everyday objects and figuring out how they relate and like going on these crazy um sort of adventures trying to figure out what's going on um it's it's a little too like neat i think in the way that it unfolds cuz it's just like 
oh, this reference is a thing which I happen to have in my living room. And then he like looks at this thing in the, that he has in his living room. It's just like... Well, but it's just because you don't hear about all the stories where people get stuck and can't solve the puzzle. <laughs> sure. Right? Um, I, I wonder how much of the movie is taking place inside his head. Mm-hmm. Right? There's There are some things which indicate that like a lot of this is just a fantasy. It does dip into a kind of a magical realism tone at various points where it's like what the fuck was that that can't have actually been a real part of the story yeah Um, but it's not that underwater thing I think was also probably not a real thing it isn't like that surreal most of the time right it's weird but everything everything that's happening there's nothing you know that nobody's nothing actually magical happens um but yeah, also the movie itself is full of codes. Yeah. Which... There are there are codes written on like the bathroom stalls, there are codes written on like placards. That in the credits there's just one entire page which is a code. Huh. Um, Sounds like a good movie for having the DVD of. Yeah, it was I, like every now and then I was like I should take my phone out just in case, but then I was like I'm at the Alamo Draft yeah. House. They're <laughs> not going to be okay with that. They, they, a little they, bit. They You'll be hurled into the oubliette if you brick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did not. I did not get any like snapshots of any of the of any of the codes. Um, but you should just buy the movie. I should if it comes out on DVD, which who well, knows? or you could buy it on Amazon and you can scrub through. I guess I don't. You don't like buying movies on Amazon. I I want a physical medium. Yeah, that's I don't, true. I don't. You know. do have a huge apartment with unlimited storage <laughs> space in it. I can see why you. It just feels we- like I've you know I clearly don't hold this to be true for everything because I have ebooks and I have a ton of games on Steam which aren't real. Um, but for movies, I just like I've always just just bought the dvd yeah. even though the dvd Same. is like straight up worse than the streamed version if you have four if it's 4k streaming well sure but i don't think i can display 4k but you will someday i don't that's not necessarily true you'll just interpolate you always turn on motion smoothing too you're okay uh, with interpolation <laughs> god no in fact you love it you prefer it in fact just give me the first frame smoothing. and the last frame of the movie and just let the let the computer interpolate the middle uh, <laughs> yeah. every, every time we go to my mom's and i turn off the motion smoothing you sneak in and turn it back on in the middle of the night god. you do that at everyone's mom's house that's a, a full-time job yeah, I'm I'm with you though. I I buy the DVD or the Blu-ray of pretty much everything I I want because I don't trust any given streaming service to continue to have it in perpetuity. Yeah. So many so many streaming services don't actually carry movies anymore. It's just a lot of TV. So I, I do the same thing with my DVDs that I do with my socks, which is that every like four or five months, I just throw away all of my DVDs and buy new copies of all of them. <laughs> uh, you can wash your DVDs, dude. <laughs> shit. I, <laughs> I just ditch the car when it runs out of gas. Let's say. Uh, I gave away all of my DVDs. I took some a of them. A year and a half ago. Yeah, you took some of them. But man, I feel footloose and fancy free. I feel, I feel so unladen cool by these giant crates of dvds that i will never watch because i don't have a dvd player you've got things i've got to play ps4 now i guess yeah should get some use out of it you we get dvds from the library of uh kids shows okay i used to get dvds from the library all the time Back before Netflix was a thing, and then once Netflix, yeah, started, you still get physical DVDs from Netflix in because the mail. Because that's where all the movies are. That? 
Yes, that's because that's where all the movies are. They don't have them on streaming. This is what I'm telling you. Oh, oh I see. But they have them on Amazon, and you can rent them for two dollars. Yeah, which that would be that would quickly rack up uh, probably more more than I spend on Netflix. <laughs> oh, you get the Swedish versions yeah. of all the movies. <laughs> Um, There's also this service, which I don't think I would watch enough of them to make it worthwhile. Have you heard of Mubi? No. So that is a curated set of like art films that they they have 30 films available at any given time. And every day one pops off and one pops on. Whoa. Um, yeah. And it's still like DVD? No. It's, oh, it's, it's just all streaming. streaming. It's just okay. streaming. Huh. Um, and some stuff is like some stuff is like you would recognize and a lot of stuff is like more art house things. You might actually really be into it. Do you, know, mm. do you know Canopy? I've never heard of Canopy. Canopy is awesome. It's free it, with certain library cards. I don't oh. know about uh, San Francisco Library. Probably. Huh. But yeah, you can just get... They have a really good selection of movies. And uh, you get seven... You can watch seven a month. Huh. And How many times a month can you watch the movie seven? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have... It's kind of a weird selection, but they do have like all the A24 movies. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's some good ones. An like, interesting, uh, weird selection yeah, of stuff. Recent ones. Um, yeah, and that, like some good kids stuff as well. I, I For a long time, I thought Annapurna and A24 were the same thing, and I have come to realize that they are not. But they, uh, I feel like they both are sort of in that same sort of like interesting art film space. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about a twenty-four. Annapurna is like, is it uh, someone Ellison? Yes. Like the, yeah. It's like yeah, the daughter of the. Uh, oh yeah, and there's the, uh, and her, Oracle and there's Fortune another. <laughs> the son of that of that guy is Skydance, so they're, oh, they're really? kind of like rivals. Jeez, interesting. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even heard of Skydance. Skydance do you uh, like? I think Mission Impossible. And oh, huh, yeah, wow, so very different, yeah, very different. takes yep. on the hmm. um, yeah, and Annapurna's branched out into video games and has like a very uh, highly okay. curated set of that explains of, why I know that name, yeah, they, they like published uh, what remains of Edith Finch and Gorgoa. and Gorgoa, right. they, they right. published Gorgoa, right. yeah, and it's... they've they've at they've sort of been getting more and more games on the oh, roster. Did they publish the Outer Wilds? I think they might have. That yeah. makes sense. Did you play the Outer Wilds? No, I've not played anything. Unless yeah. there's a clock in it, I've not played it. There's, uh, I would be kind of annoyed if if I was Outer Wilds that there's a game coming out called Outer Worlds, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like steps on that namespace in kind of an unfortunate way. Do you think this is like a Bugs Life Ants kind of thing where <laughs> one of them was yeah, like, in know. exile was like rushing that to market <laughs> to capitalize on that? Deep Impact and Armageddon. Armageddon, right? It's Sharknado and <laughs> is it the Prestige and the Illusionist? Yeah. Although those one? are not, they're similar. Pretty similar. Deep, really? Kind of. I, I mean, I guess they're not. They're magician movies where there's some sort of central sort of trick that the audience isn't let in on until late, right? Is the audience let in on the trick of the illusionist? At some point, isn't aren't they? Huh. I thought that there wasn't really any like twist in the illusionist. 
I haven't seen it in years, so I, I don't remember. The twist is that Paul Giamatti is a vampire and he's the same character as he is in Sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember which one has Paul Giamatti in it. I think the it's The Illusionist that has Paul Giamatti in it. I don't uh, remember. The Prestige is the one with Hugh Jackman and David Bowie. Yeah. Um, who's the other? Oh, Christian Bale. Yeah. Is yes. the other? Is the other person? Um, what have you been up to, Riff? Uh, we can't talk about video games yet. Can I? It's can prohibited. I, can I talk about board games? Sure. I I think we've already talked about this one. Did we talk about uh, the Seventh Continent? Th- that was, is that uh, the like choose your own adventure? Yeah, one. It was a uh, little it was bit. A, it was a Kickstarter that I backed and played like half a game of when it came out, and then a couple of days ago, like the second shipment with all the expansion stuff arrived. So I hauled it all back out and started another game of it. It's a, uh, it's pretty good. It's a neat thing. It's, it's yet another one of these games that would make more sense on a on a computer and the only reason really to for it to be a, a board game is so that you can have multiple players or and or if you like cards actually if you like cards this is absolutely the game for you like if despite despite search engines being a wonderful thing if you still miss library card catalogs <laughs> this is a good game for you wait what how are there just there's just a lot of looking up cards? Yeah, in, there in there's big... nearly there's like nearly a thousand cards. They're all labeled with three digit numbers, and so the game is like you'll ha- you have uh, the map that you're on is made up of these cards, and uh, it'll have like uh, uh, you know the little overhead top-down view map area of this this lost continent or island that you're on and maybe next to a picture of a shrub there's an indicator that you can uh attempt to search this shrub which is like a little uh skill check right and the depending on the results of your skill check you either then draw card number 005 or card number 127 and maybe mm. maybe there's only one of those, and this is a unique event that is unique to the particular story you're playing, or maybe there are two dozen of card number 127, and you pick one at random, and so that's a, a random element that gets seeded into your game. Oh, whoa. Uh, does that not make it more difficult to search through if you don't know how many of a given number there are in the not really because they're the the number is very big and prominent on the back of the card and there are card dividers that that divide Mm, your box of cards up by every 50 so do you consume the cards once the thing happens sometimes sometimes once the thing happens it goes into a discard pile sometimes uh you get directed to put it back in the in the box um there are also like uh, uh, your skills are also on similar cards, although they don't they don't uh, similar in terms of form factor. They don't they don't go into the card catalog, but they your skills are also your health pool because there are there they're like your your skills that you can use to more easily solve skill checks. And they're also the mechanic that you're the random element to see if you succeed at a skill check, because every skill check is like 
draw three cards from your skills deck and if you get a if you get like say the target number is 5 if the three cards you draw out of your skill check have a total of five or more little stars in the margins that's that's your number of successes and then because this pile of cards is also your health after you have drawn those three cards, you get to keep one of them in your hand of skills, and then the rest of them go into the discard pile, because the, the number of cards that you draw for a skill check is also how much time and exertion that skill check <laughs> takes on your character. Huh. So and so then you just like keep driving your face into that shrub, yeah, basically. harder and harder, and just until all of your teeth are knocked out. But you're gonna find what's in there. <laughs> and there are like, uh, uh, like I think there's five of them. There's like five curse cards in the deck that do nothing and and don't have. So like they're filler cards that don't have successes on them. So if you draw them for a skill check, you know you're out that opportunity for extra successes and also because they're not a skill you can't put them in your hand after the the skill check so you've missed an opportunity to get a new skill card but also once they're in the if if your entire health stack becomes discards then you reshuffle the discard pile and treat that as your new health stack but if you draw a curse card out of the discard pile then you're dead is is the way the time limit works so you get like your your time limit is your full normal stack of of cards and then once you've depleted that you're still playing but you're in like the danger zone because you might draw a curse card and die. So and the character that I happen to be playing is uh literally HP Lovecraft because all the characters in the game are, are historical or fictional people like uh Amelia Earhart is another one of the characters and the two guys from around the world in 80 days are together a single character and so on. Uh, but oh, Jackie Jackie Chan I, and uh, Owen Wilson. Yes, exactly. Oh, that'd be yeah. great though. <laughs> but um HP Lovecraft because he's kind of creepy, all of his personal skills uh, revolve around the curse card. So like if he has one of his skills that if you have this in your hand, when you do a skill check, if you get any curses, then you can use it to discard negative conditions like being hungry or cold <laughs> or frightened <laughs> just because he thrives on, on the curse being around. It's, it's weird. Uh, but it's a it's a pretty good game. It's ve it's very fiddly and kind of cumbersome, but the flavor is very strong. It's it's kind of like it's um, if you know those uh, 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 what are they called? Unlock those uh, card based escape room games. They're kind of like it's kind of like one of those, a very long one of those that also has skill checks and uh, crafting. That sounds wacky, Riff. Yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. It's a weird thing. How many distinct cards are there? Like, is uh, are there like two hundred different kinds of cards? And oh, some uh, like like not including the fact that there might be a dozen of card number zero zero five or whatever. Yeah, that I that I couldn't say. There's okay. there's well, also a lot of what's like the highest number. Well, it it does because there's a lot of gaps in the uh, in the okay. numbering because they've left room for uh, expansions uh, yeah. to to but filter. It's 
there are their... like the numbers are arbitrary. Why do They're they need to leave out of room? Numbers. Well, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I believe the, uh, uh, like the, the components list in the manual says the game comes with something like 926 cards, but, uh, I couldn't tell you what the breakdown is in terms of how many of those are like skill cards and how many of them are cards that you're actually drawing from during the game. And this is called the Seventh Continent? Yes. Jeez. Are there not seven continents? It depends on how you divide things up, right? Because there's North and South America, but they're connected, right? So they're just one continent. One big continent. It's like one <laughs> big barbell Yeah, one long Australia continent. Australia is a continent. Is it? It is. Yeah. Antarctica is a continent. Mm-hmm. And then we've got like Africa. Yeah. And then, and then Europe, Europe and Asia, Europe and Asia are, are they the same? Are, but I mean, that's that, that's that, a single continent. There are thought to be seven continents, right? It's not. Well, I mean, that Eurasia is just one giant continent, right? So, like, so that makes six, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, so what? Uh, Atlantis is the seventh or something. Yeah. <laughs> New, New Zealand, <laughs> Hawaii. Is yeah. the <laughs> Who decides on this? I don't know. Uh, hey, before we start talking about video games, do you guys want to hear some jokes? Yeah, uh, uh, sure. Yeah, a few a few weeks ago, a uh, friend of the show, David Jose, uh, as distinct from friend of the show David Bass, sent uh, sent us this book, uh, and it is called Easter Joke Book for Kids. Try not to laugh challenge. Oh yes, he posted um, some of these on Twitter, and they're amazing. Interactive Easter jokes basket stuffer for kids with funny knock knock jokes, silly riddles, and puns. Okay, I'm just gonna read two of them. Uh, why did the chicken student stay at home? Uh, he was sick with the people's pox. <laughs> okay. This is a joke. This that's a, okay. a, a actual, that an actual joke. joke. Yeah, that is yeah. that okay. is more of a joke than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. On the other page, uh, what says the worm to the chicken? Early bird gets me. Scratch me if you can, and then in parentheses, catch me is you can. All of these are in Comic Sans, and there is <laughs> typically one joke per page, uh, and some funny tip some is the best when there's yeah, a funny tip. Yeah, yeah. Often there is a funny tip explaining the joke. <laughs> yep, um, <laughs> it's very funny. So, I mean, tip. Keikaku means plan. it's got to be written by somebody who's like English is not their first language, right? But but with a level of confidence that yeah. that. Yeah. that I mean, it probably sold a lot of copies of this book. I mean, we D- Dave bought us one. Yeah, we have one. So it, that's a thousand data points right there. Well, forearmed with with that. Yeah. Ambient level of hilarity. <laughs> Anybody been playing any video games? Duncan, you said you haven't been playing any video games except the ones that have clocks in them. But that's got to be a lot of video games. That right? is a lot of video games. Actually, uh, I have a spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> and you just, what, let's what, just read it? them all. No, no. no. What what time is it now? Uh, it is at the time that we are recording this. It is uh, four fifty. PM. Okay. So, oh, there's um, Pacific. I don't have much in my spreadsheet. at Four fifty. A game called Earthworms. There's probably a lot of things at four twenty, right? Uh, actually, no. What? Yeah, what? surprising. Only How is that only possible? A couple. One of them's Fallout. I can't remember the. Okay. I, I mean, there's probably a lot more. I, I'm sure. I've. Yeah, you know, I'm only scratching the surface. Are there not a lot of games that just have real time clocks in them? Oh, uh, no, there's quite a lot, yeah. Um, coming up is Time Crisis. Okay. That's good. 
because it's I think the there's like a finale games with like cheesy cutscenes that involve like a clock tower or whatever. Oh are yeah. Good. Um, yeah, it makes sense. The time crisis would have clocks yeah. in it. But yeah, I, that's I guess um, it's not what I'm playing though because cutscenes I can usually just get those from YouTube. The, yeah, the games with real time clocks are the ones that I end up playing because I, I, can, I can then like make kind of creative connections between right. the games. So like do like a match cut or someone walks out of a door in one game and then cuts to another. Yeah, that's that was the stuff in um in the Christian what is it, Christian uh, Christian Markley. Markley. Yeah. Um that that piece that was that was like really just very clever. It was like it just felt like a cohesive whole, even though it wasn't. It was just sort of all these weird, unconnected scenes. Um, like it just everything flowed together in a really, yeah. really clever way. Yeah, everyone I know who's seen it is like says it's it's, it's way better than they than they think it's going to be. Yeah, it was <laughs> uh, really surprisingly good. Is it at the Exploratorium that they have that trash clock thing? I saw that, I saw that uh, on Monday. I was at the Exploratorium. They had. It was, the actual exploratorium was closed, but in the in the area by the shop, they they had mm. another one of those. What is the what is a trash? Clock? It's a circular screen, I think, that projected onto it is a video that they've shot from above, like a big parking lot with clock. Oh right. Markers on it, and it was just there are two guys with push brooms, and they're just sweeping a bunch of detritus into a minute hand and an hour hand. And it just moves in real time. And I don't know if they recorded 12 hours of it. I don't know why you would bother recording 24. But it, also, get it might get dark. Yeah, it would get dark, right? So, yeah, you do from, wow. I guess you could do from 8 to 8 yeah. or whatever. And, and I guess they probably, the the, uh, the sweepers would probably uh, swap out at some point. Yeah, they're in, they're they're fairly far away and they're in, you know, they have hats. So it, it, once somebody's <laughs> wearing a hat, it's trivial to replace them with another person and no one will notice. Yeah, that's really good. From like a crane. Yeah, I saw that and thought, oh, yeah, there's another clock made out of garbage. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, yeah, I played a game. Uh, the last game I played was Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and uh, that has lots of clocks. They're going a little too fast, so I can't sh leave them on screen for too long. Like they're they're faster than real time. Well, I, in the game parts, but actually in the cutscenes, they stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is a weird game. So, yeah, and but pretty funny. Like it's it's good to find stuff like that. Are you playing it? Playing it? I mean, are you? Um, that that one. It, I'm trying to play it as little as possible. So I'll find a save game at the point mm. that I can use. I've been using cheats and stuff. Uh, but if I can get it from YouTube, I'll get it from YouTube. So I feel like what if you are actually going to ever complete the 24-hour thing, that maybe what you need to do is just put a call out to game developers to be like, hey, if you don't care when this scene takes place, I could really use clocks <laughs> from like this oh, time oh, yeah, to this I've, time. I've done that. And yeah, I might I might have a few of those. Um, That's great. Maybe not in the, if if I make the full thing, which... Unlikely. You just all you need is a rich. Well, we'll, we'll see how this does, and uh, yeah. I, I definitely need need a break from it. <laughs> yeah. Has this been what you've been like working on? Full yeah, time? The, I mean, I'm, you know, part time, dad stuff, and uh, occasional other jobs. Um, but yeah, mostly I've been doing this. That's that's hardcore. 
What have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, I played, at your recommendation, I played a fair bit of the Urnog Urn Limited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did you find it? I played a little it? of that, too. It is weird. Um, so the way that, just to reiterate, the way that this game plays is it's like a uh, platformer, 2D platformer. Uh, you can pick up a block and you can like carry up to four blocks in like a an inventory and then you can have you can hold one additional block in your hands above your head every block has some sort of way to to activate it and they all do different things some of the blocks are like creatures which have move around and like some of them shoot and some of them jump around so you can like hold them and if you squeeze one or whatever it'll like shoot out like it would normally um and there's some blocks that do a bunch of weird things uh but it's fundamentally a puzzle game and it has this weird central conceit that there's like this sort of central save room that sort of stays the same regardless yeah. of whether you reset the world or not or if yeah. you like because if you die so it anything, will reset anything everything. you dump in there not only stays in there but stays where you put it in there yeah. Well, regardless of what else happens out in the world, yeah. Um, and so there's a bunch of weird interactions that you can get. There are blocks that serve as like portals into that room, and there are there's like like one gun that just shoots things into that room. And so you can like put a key sure. while you're out wandering out in the world. You can like queue up nine objects to go into your sort of save room, and when you come back, they sort of plop, pop out of this like. I don't know, like portal. a teleportal thing, yeah. Yeah, um, but you can like, there's a block that you that like serves as a little portal. But if you activate it, it'll pop something out from that queue, and so you can like, you could theoretically carry nine extra objects if you held that thing. It's it gets just very very weird, and my my only problem with it is like there are puzzles where what they what you kind of need to do is to use like consumables thing blocks that like are explosive say and if you don't complete the puzzle correctly you have to go then refarm those consumables yeah, yeah. to do it a, to try it a second time and that that's gets a little annoying the, uh, I guess there is also you can get killed there are like yeah, enemies yeah. that two can kill points. you you have two hit points yeah and it's yeah you can carry like a little health potion kind of thing, but that isn't super great. Um, I got all the way through one like to what was to me felt like a pretty long puzzle, and then ended up just in a boss. I was like, "Oh, good, I finally finished it." But then I ended up in a boss fight. Is that the one that was the shooting out a bunch of crap at you? Yeah, the thing the like the little queue? thing flying across the yeah. middle of the screen. Yeah, and I just got killed in that, and it was like, "Well, fuck." Yeah, there is. If you did, you go out the door to the to the left of the. There's like in the room right before the boss fight. There's a door, and that door connects directly to the save room. Oh, so huh. it's a shortcut back to that uh, area. I didn't know that. Yeah, that the, sucks. Oh, yeah, the okay. bit that that frustrated me into stopping was <laughs> when I uh, I I went. I was wandering around the little sort of town area mm-hmm. and used one of the little gun things to blow open some bricks at uh in the uh, basement of like the block shop to get this one weird looking rainbowy block <laughs> 
and mm-hmm. threw that into the home portal and then got oh, home no. and it turned out it no. was yeah yeah oh, turned out it no. was a virus block that turned all of my gemstones and shit that i'd been collecting throughout the game into other virus blocks and destroyed so, my entire base basically you can recover you can, re- them. You can recover There's all that there stuff. is a there is a kind of gun that you can shoot them with that turns them back into whatever they were oh no but the healing, I already the destroyed gun. them all. I'm just gonna. Oh, no. I'm just gonna start over. <laughs> I wasn't that far in. There are three endings to the game. I found one of them, which is sort of like the the easiest one, I think, to complete. Um, the the way to complete the game, the the way that it sort of presents to you is the the main way to complete the game is to collect like these twelve different objects from around the world. Yeah, and they're and, like random stuff. They're like just. They're not like special key items. They're things that. A lot of you're encountering monsters. and using yeah. throughout the game anyway. Like the, uh, as soon as you get to the base, you can already do like three of them. Yeah, but they're like the I, I haven't even seen the la- like the last two that I've been looking for. I haven't even seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a totally different way of winning, which is also sort of collecting a bunch of blocks, but it's just sort of requires you to wander around through part of the game and and. Uh, find like like there's basically a bunch of doors in the save room that like connect to different areas of the world and you are finding keys scattered around to unlock them um were you gonna say something about this uh no i've not played this game but i i uh it sounded familiar and i i just looked it up and the developer also made uh knit right yes and affordable space adventures which is is a really good wii u game oh huh I don't think um, I've heard of that one. I've heard the name. What uh, what kind of game is Affordable Space Adventures? It's uh, super weird. It's uh, I think I don't know if you have to play with other people, but it's it's like a asymmetric game where one of you has the Wii U gamepad and mm. the other one has. A oh, controller. interesting. Okay. And you so you can contr- controlling a spaceship, but using like a various like dashboard buttons and hmm. so. Um, I don't know. I've not. I've not played it much, but um, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's a neat idea. D- Doug Wilson always talks about Niflis on the Spelunky show, like by saying "my roommate Niflis," and that drives me up the wall, and I can't really articulate why. the 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 developers that go by a screen name, I see. It's like, uh, man, I it, it bothers me to hear like adults talking about one another like that in a way that I feel like just means that I'm old and <laughs> so you would not like it if people referred to you as J- yeah I have tried to stop that from happening like I have specifically like as I've gotten older uh-huh. have moved as far away from that as I could like I put the phrase Zach Jack Johnson out there for a long time yeah and then have stopped doing that I see in the hopes that I can just have a real grown-up name <laughs> associated with my career like people should so that you know well but so it's possible that these people are young right yeah so no that... and I think a lot of them a lot of them are and like you know more power what, to them what um because I feel like Alexander Martin yeah. just he would introduce himself to people as Draken yep. in real life and I don't know if he still does that but I remember thinking man that's a thing a 19 year old would do <laughs> Alan Hazelden uh, the sole 
sentient awareness in the universe. Uh, we are, the rest of us, nothing but uh, figments, figments of, of Alan Hazelden's imagination as he is the only the creative the only the being capable of creation yep. uh, in this plane of reality uh, he had one of those names but he stopped using it and started going by alan hazelden Drakneck. Drakneck, yeah uh and it's get my roommate niflis like it like it just every time it's like well his name is nicholas so yeah you could be just mishearing it uh, <laughs> <laughs> i suppose yeah Doug Wilson just has a weird accent. <laughs> um, anyway, it's like a thumbnail in my heel. A thumbnail in my heel. <laughs> the thumbtack in my heel is what I meant. He's living in like Melbourne nails. now, is that right? I believe so. He was commenting about something weird, which I also uh, sort of saw when I was there, that, that landlords have the right to, I think, like every three months, or every six months, just have sex with your wife. <laughs> yeah, to just come to your apartment and like take pictures of stuff, right? Because like they're just like checking in on their property and making sure that nothing is going wrong. But they can just like it's very invasive, you know. I mean, we get that once a year at the old office. I don't know uh, if they. I think it's just in the lease that they sign. I don't know that there's like a legal thing, but like every year, I get sent a bunch of pictures that they take with, of just all the occupants' stuff. That's weird. In the house, yeah. Huh. I don't. It never seemed invasive to me. <laughs> the, but you know, capital <laughs> it serves its own. <laughs> just when it's like, hey, look, just, I know what your couch looks like. It means I have power over you. <laughs> Kinda right. I mean, yeah, I guess. It, I don't know. You can't. No, there's no. You, you're not allowed to ever say anything pro landlord. You know, I I feel like our it would my landlord would do well to come and like check out some things because there's some stuff that's like slowly deteriorating in the apartment that like doesn't bother me, but like they might care about and want to fix. And I don't know what the right course of action is there. Right? Like, there's a windowsill that I think isn't sealed properly and so like it's just slowly like expanding over time as as it gets wet and then eventually the out. cat will escape sure <laughs> through some sort of hole in the the wall i mean you know time time destroys everything eventually every space becomes trivially escapable huh. by a cat i thought sure. time healed all wounds uh Wait, so if you leave a cat in Schrodinger's box long enough, it will be able to escape, so therefore it can't be dead? Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Yeah. You've just solved one of the the primary, like, yeah. philosophical Because entropy quandaries. definitely eventually destroys the box, unless you, like, you but know. But not the cat. Yeah. You make it out of a, <laughs> well, you don't know. That's the thing. Eventually, <laughs> entropy provides resolution. Hmm. Um. You know, unless you make the box out of a substance that can't be destroyed. Yeah, uh, why don't like they glass. make the whole box out of the cat? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, there's a game that that I played most of uh, a couple of weeks ago and have been wanting to play the last half hour of, but haven't haven't found a time. Uh, called Smilebot. Oh, I right. Wanted to chat about. Um, yeah, kept, it's it's not even a... necessarily a thing that presents itself as a game. Yeah, it's weird. It's a it is a game that takes place in on a discord server um and which uh, is a lot of friction 
There is a lot of friction there. It is. It doesn't have like a a UI to speak of. You're just typing oh, commands it, into. It like literally a takes place on a on a Discord server. It's not. It is a. It like, is a Discord chat bot. Okay. That's okay. running on a server somewhere. I thought yeah. you meant like simulated. No, no. It's like a real. It's like a real bot thing. It's it. It is not dissimilar to like a candy box kind of thing in the way that it. Mm. unfolds multiple layers of of becoming an entirely different thing than yeah. you thought it was going to be yeah um, mm. which is neat um but it, it does it is sort of like hampered by its sort of rough like interactive elements and it's also i think they're experiencing some growing pains due to its popularity mm. uh, and it's having some server issues that i i got i kind of bounced off of it at a point where there was a thing that you required you to do a lot of messaging with it and it was just dropping the server every third command because yeah. of the server being overloaded it was made by a son of friend of the show frank lance james lance uh frank's never been on we gotta get Frank on here next time. He's yeah, uh, or when we're in New York. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, James, uh, who made Invisible Ink, I think that we that we played at some point that like XCOM's infiltration yeah. game and something else notable. And just he the... just joined up with um, Nels, right? Oh yeah, he just started working for uh, Nels uh, Anderson, who uh, worked on Mark of the Ninja, and then was one of the uh, starting team at, at Campo Santo uh, to do Firewatch. Yeah, so Smilebot, it it sucks because I feel like it that experience is better if you don't know that it's a game. Yes, right. If it is allowed to be, if it's a thing that's allowed to just kind of creep in and surprise you, but there's no way that you would ever encounter it if you didn't. Well, hit. I think if somebody dropped it on a server and like let you sort of interact with it you might figure out what's going on because like it's like the way that i interacted with it was seeing it on the discord server and like sort of messing around with it and like i, I was a little late to the party so it had i feel like the yeah. but the, it was a discord server that had been set up specifically so that we could play this game okay sure yeah that's true do you use discord duncan uh i have used it but i don't use it every day it's i don't like it i don't either I, I people talk about it as though it is the same thing as Slack, but it is. I just it don't. It feels very different. It feels very different to me too. It feels like I, when I want to do something like go to a private message conversation that I've had with a person in the past, I just basically have to click on everything until I find the conversation because I have no idea. It, like it seems like it takes all of the servers that you're connected to, if that's a thing, and mashes all the channels together into one big it matches all the the dms are just take place in their own separate thing that is mm. not tied to a specific server and i think that's the major distinction is like mm. because you are like slack divides things out on a sort of topic basis like what for whatever reason like who whoever sets up a slack decides what that's going to be and then that's like everything that Everything that happens on that Slack stays in that Slack, whereas Discord private messages are... Oh, through of, like a central Discord server? Yes. I see. And you have a single user across yeah. all of them, as opposed to whatever weird thing Slack does. Like, I don't understand how Slack authentication works, but I've never had a problem with it because they just really get it out of your way. Yeah. Um, also, when you when somebody joins a, a 
channel in a discord Uh, server instead of saying fred has joined the channel it says it's dangerous to go alone take fred which like uh, ha 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 fuck you wow (laughs) i i can't it's it's interesting to see what things you find funny what things you find repulsive The, the thing about that is that it's not funny at all it's just nonsense sure. in place of UI text sure that's like boof oh woof <laughs> it's like you know there's those little cute like loading things that come up when you when slack, slack is loading it's like yeah. hey i hope you're having a good day or whatever which i all right that's fine whatever it's like just the like bullshit cutesy corporate voice that every app has but the discord ones are in place of text that sh- is meant to be explaining things that are happening sure to you yeah i mean except for the voice of slack is an actual person that we know and like yeah sure <laughs> so that and it's less it's not like oopsie whoopsie we had a boo-boo yeah uh, they're, they're working on it i our guess kittens are trying to fix the ball of yarn that our app runs on slack is going public tomorrow whoa yeah dang so that's gonna be them being real actual billionaires instead of just like fake billionaires fake billionaires mm. so that's cool Happy let's buy them. some slack stock are you allowed to buy stock in an ipo or do you have to like sign up on the buy some stock spreadsheet ahead of time as a i think it's complicated as a high roller i think you might have to be an accredited investor to get in on the like initial thing um i think yeah because it's like the first 30 minutes of it are like basically impossible to get in on or something play anything else uh nope that's about it i played a i have played some of a phone game called uh, jeopardy world tour and it's a licensed jeopardy game that the app store recommended to me i've been going in because the app store has been pretty good lately about curating stuff i went in and i saw this and i thought oh yeah i'll play i'll see what a jeopardy game is fundamentally it is like a game of jeopardy with three categories and four or maybe three or four uh point values in each category okay and it's like a smaller grid yeah it's a smaller grid it match makes you against two other things that are as near as i can tell real people because every once in a while there's like an extremely stupid photograph that no one would have ever approved (laughs) as like a random selection for a character avatar okay so i think they're like real people like real players, but you're definitely not playing against them in real time because you choose every thing, whether whether you're huh. in like whether you're winning or not. So I think it might just be doing like a like an SAT kind of thing where it's like it's got data about whether they got these questions right or not. Okay. Or something. I don't know. It might just be totally fake. It might just be like faking their performance based on how well they've scored. But you just you 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 do five questions and then you go to you go to double jeopardy and then you do five questions there and then you go to final jeopardy and then you get like a ranking. And so like if you like Jeopardy, you like trivia, it's it's real good. Is there a time limit? There is. Okay. There's a time limit for every question. All right. Um, and if you were if you were thinking, boy, I'd like to play some Jeopardy, but I I would really like if it were just like fucked in half with a bewildering array of microtransaction <laughs> horseshit, yeah. then I can wholeheartedly recommend this. So far, it hasn't ever like stopped me from playing it because I'm out of gold bars or jewels or <laughs> out of whatever. Alex Trebek's. 
There is, yeah, there is. Uh, I was, I was mentioning this to Duncan earlier, and he asked if Alex Trebek was in it, and there is a like sort of a motion comics Alex Trebek, like a a very wow. like rotoscoped looking, like occasionally like looking disappointed in you for fucking up that easy question. Um, I I played one game where of the three categories, two of them were biblical figures and religion. So it feels mm. like they could have done a little better job of mixing that up. Mixing that up. But uh, there's like cash that you have like tens of thousands of and I don't think you're earning it by winning or maybe you are maybe when you play the games your cash total gets added to that and that's what it costs to play games but you also get some of it in some kind of weird bank and you get offered a lot of it for sale for a dollar 99 or 4.99 or 9.99 best value uh every time you open the app and there are just like maybe three screens of crap that you have to go through, each of which has 12 or 15 things on it that are different ways of trying to get you to give them money for something that I don't know what it is. It's a real mess. It's fun to play a short game of Jeopardy and like get like numbers that represent how many trivia questions you get right. And it kind of makes me want there to be a good trivia game that I could play like that. Did you guys ever play that like the one networked bar trivia? Super viral for a little bit. Uh, no, no, no. That I know what you're thinking. I don't remember what it's called. What's HQ? HQ. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about like 30 years ago, 25 oh. years ago, 20 years ago, maybe only 20 oh, years the, ago. Yeah, the like the... NTN, right? Like where you get the little machine at your table or at your next to your. And they're just like constantly running games. Yeah, and they're just on like a TV in the bar. I don't know. They must still do it. But um, but you were like competing in real time against other drunk people all over the country. And you could like actually get a, like a login that you could take from yeah, bar to bar. Yeah, you could stuff. consistently. Uh, it, it uh, and you would accumulate points or something? Like... I think you had like rankings that, that but leveled there was up all, over all time. All it was was bragging rights. But it was just right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it ever actually amounted to anything. Um, I think it was ad-driven like, I think they gave them to bars for free. But that was like, you know, it was like a trivia game that you could play and get rewarded. Yeah. And it was a way to pass the time while you were drinking at a bar by yourself, I sure. found. So that was always nice. How often did you go to bars by yourself? How often do you go to bars by yourself? How often do... Almost never anymore. Yeah. At that point, like, when I was working from home, when I first quit my job to work on KOL full-time, I my schedule was so fucked up that I would end up going to the bar almost every night because I, it would be like half past midnight and I hadn't eaten anything or talked to anyone oh, right. yet so like that there was day. Like only so one place like, that would actually have food. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, a grocery store would have had food well, and friends would, to talk to. It would have to be, <laughs> it would have to be open past midnight. Yeah. I guess yeah, anyway, for, for there was, years. there were dark times when I, when I would say that I went to a bar by myself more or less every day. And I played a lot of NTN trivia, and it was better than this Jeopardy horse shit. I played all <laughs> uh, pre pre networked uh, quiz games mm. in the UK, which I think paid out money. Oh, they nice. probably put a stop to it once everyone could get the answers on their phones. Oh, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Huh? They like pub quiz here when they do it. They just ask you not to look stuff oh, up, okay. but it's usually honor system, and like at best you get some free drinks. Mm. Typically, there's never. Never yeah. a cash prize or people would. Never Not a, a big cash prize. There's like there's sometimes like 
20 or $50 at stake or something. I also played a bunch of Bloodstained Ritual of the Moon. Okay. Uh, the new, not Castlevania, but by the Castlevania guy that got kickstarted. And it is very, very good. And so this is the game that the other game that was also called Bloodstained. Yeah. Uh, it right. was, is like, was like in preparation. Something of the Moon. Yeah, uh, the other one Curse was like a like a a Nintendo game, basically. Yeah, it was like a sort of like a prequel or like a like a stinger, I, except at the front. <laughs> I like, like the the art style of the Nintendo game better than I like the art style of the actual game. Yeah, this is this is very like Unity ass Unity game. It like it feels like there are like some. They spent some time making models and then just like, I don't know, the the actual visual effects are kind of like weak and it doesn't look very good. It's it's strange. Like it's it it seems like it didn't have like good art direction to me. I've watched I watched you play it for five minutes. So I, I don't know if I'm that's fair, but it, those games are only kind of about how they look. Oh, sure. I know, mean, it's, it, I, I'm I'm willing to like let that go. It's just. It was just surprising to me that this was their like final product. Symphony of the Night is like intensely beautiful pixel art. Yeah. Like, and this is not that. And I, and you know, it would be better if it was. Uh, but otherwise, this game is just like a Symphony of the Night ass yeah. Symphony of the Night. That's great. Uh, it's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's so good. And it feels really good to play. Like the jumping and swinging of weapons feels great, and it, there are tons of fiddly items to equip and <laughs> and consumables to use, and all these different. Pa- you, it's more so than Symphony of the Night, and more like the Game Boy games that came later. It's like every monster has like a demon shard that you can farm from it that oh, has geez. like a lowish drop rate and some of them are activated abilities and some of them are passive and like you just have this extra set of equipment slots for like you know some of them are like a little familiar guy that will follow you around that's kind of a copy of the of the monster mm. um the monsters are kind of all over the place there's one that's like just a giant cat with like ram horns <laughs> that casts fire spells and looks extremely out of place. It just looks like somebody has photoshopped a photograph of a cat into the middle of this hallway. Hilarious. Uh, th- I recently found one that's like sort of a poodle's head on a giant chain that runs. And <laughs> to be fair, a lot of the enemies in Symphony of the Night and other those other Castlevanians are very weird and stupid. The giant teddy um, bear and yeah. stuff. Like... And, and these are because they almost don't seem like they're in a particularly consistent art style. It seems like individual enemies were like one person over the course of a couple of years could make all of the monsters for symphony of the night in pixel art, I guess. Right. I mean, maybe there were multiple artists doing that. Maybe that's a very naive assumption, but it felt way more cohesive. The environments all seem pretty consistent, but I think they're consistent in the same way that like a lot of like, Here's a 200 Unity Asset Store bookcases. Like, looks really consistent. Uh, but it's fine. It's still got the, like, wow, this room is really deep in the background. But it's, like, there's there's this kind of cool tower section where you're, the camera's spiraling around the outside of, of oh, wow. towers as you're going up and down. And it maps to a 2D map. Like, it's got, like, a Castlevania-ass map. And Sweet. What's at the top of the tower? 
uh, some dragons. Is there a clock? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, there, yeah, there's not like a clock tower. I don't know if uh, a, symphony, there, a symphony, a symphony of the night. I think has one. Yeah, it does have a clock. Yeah, yeah. in the in that like sort of central room. That's that's yeah. sort of important to the plot of the game. Right? Like that's like one of the yeah. Big... I actually, yeah, there's there's some there's some funny uh, funny dialogue in that. And that one is that just the system clock? Is it? It is. Yeah. That's. Uh, I don't know if it's the system clock. I don't know. I. Oh yeah, I think it it is, but I played it through an emulator, and it was uh, it was tricky to get that the time I wanted on that. Uh, I had to leave it running for a long time or something. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Um, but I'm having a tremendous amount of fun with this. I'm I I, I basically played it all day yesterday. I oh just, wow! I came into work, and instead of doing any work, I just redeemed <laughs> that Steam key and just sat playing nice. Bloodstained for the entire day. Um, and I'm at I'm at maybe 30% map oh wow completion at this point probably of 200 knowing yeah. them 200% yeah oh jeez cuz that was just sort of the the, the, the there was always the like the mid twist game. in in symphony of the night yeah where like you could legitimately think you had finish the game and walk away from it it's a pretty bad ending like sure but yeah, like you it, might think oh this game just has a bad ending and then yeah, you walk away from it yeah, like not sure yeah. that happened to people that's great one thing that is a little frustrating about this i mean granted it's very new so this might exist but i would not be surprised if it never actually exists like a thing that symphony of the night has is 10 extremely comprehensive wikis that have everything about the game and anything that you might want to know how to farm or whatever. And Bloodstain just has a bunch of auto-generated SEO trash that will never get filled in. Mm. And so it's yep. basically impossible to look anything up about it because it's a game now. Well, but I I actually don't hate the state of affairs because for a week or two you get the fun like playground stuff where it's like, oh, hey – did you do you know how to do this thing and like you can just talk about it instead of it all being spoiled spoilable yeah i just i got stuck and it took a, like i eventually found a steam discussion thing where one of the guys who posted a thing with the thread title i'm stuck was stuck in the same spot that i was sure and then so somebody was like oh you just have to go back to this random place that d doesn't seem like there's any reason for you to go there and then you'll get an unrelated thing that lets you go to a different place that I maybe if I had just gone to every room on the map I would have found this out on my own but that's not that's not, how that's not the way I want to play a game yeah. like I'll go around the edges where there are doors that I couldn't get through in the past to see if some new ability has let me through them but then when that didn't work I was like well fuck I guess I have to I guess I have to Go to the internet. Steam.com. It's not Steam.com. Steamgames.com? Steampowered.com? Steamcommunity.com? There's... They have a lot of websites. <laughs> we have to log into more of them than most people. Uh, that is all uh, That is all that I played, though. How about you, Riff? Uh, I haven't played anything new. I played some more Void Bastards, and I played most of the assignment, and I played some of uh, that game with a weird name that we talked about a little earlier. Or or Yeah, That was pretty much it. 
Nothing on your telephone or iPad. Oh, I guess. I, well, or, uh, I played a little bit of the new. What's the? Uh, um, the Riff thing. is tasing himself yeah. over <laughs> and over again. Oh, Did sorry. You... It's because I picked up my phone. Uh, and you're electric. Yeah. yeah. Listeners can't hear that, but I'm it is. I'm not. It oh, is. Are you hearing dis- it currently? Oh, okay. No, it's, no, it's, we it's, were it, it when you. Just... Every time you lean away, it, it's like you're. It's like you've accidentally touched a cattle prod to your microphone yeah but uh whatever that that service is that sends you new games over test flight I played, oh yeah i played a little bit of the new one uh which is called uh well <laughs> the uh, tales of something tale, yeah tales of the adventure club or something the, the icon <laughs> on my homepage just says adventure dot 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 so <laughs> i can't yeah. t- i can't tell without actually opening the thing but uh yeah, I mean it's okay. I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. It's sort of a what kind of game is it? Hell, it, you've got a uh, like I think it's like a five by five or five or six by six grid of tiles, and you start out with a couple of little adventuring guys, and you tap on the tiles to reveal monsters and possibly more adventuring guys that you can claim for your party. And you're trying, and one of the monsters that is hidden on each board has the key that lets you unlock the stairs to the next level down. So it's basically just like hit point management. Uh, Like a desktop dungeons kind of? Yeah. So you're just, you're trying to get all the way to the bottom of the thing and kill the boss before you run out of either time or health on all your guys. It's a, it's cute. It's a, it's a way to, to kill, kill a few minutes. And a few adventurers. Yeah. Mm, and some monsters. All the uh, different adventurers have different, uh, uh, like, skills. Like, if you, you can mark one of your guys as being the leader of the party. And so, like, if the archer is the leader, then every time you uh, reveal a new monster, he automatically does two damage to it. Or if the uh, the cleric is the leader, then she heals your most damaged guy by one point for every unoccupied space that you reveal, and so on and so forth. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. Are they still accepting signups for that thing? I don't probably. I feel like I joined pretty late. So they keep advertising stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and I think. They also have a Discord server, uh, but I think you can also go back and claim uh, the old games that are still... Oh, crazy. So I hope can... they do Sword and Poker. Yeah, I mean, I suggested a bunch of old games that I was that I missed, um, so I don't know. I don't know what it involves, like, yeah. assuming they have to get the actual source code from a developer and, like, bring it up to, to speed. Well, should we talk about our assignment? Cadence of Hyrule. Also, then it has like a really long. It's like the Legend of Zelda featuring the Crypt of the Necrodancer or something, or vi- vice versa. Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring Legend of Zelda. It's like the the longest game title I've seen in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Crypt of the Necrodancer, but Zelda. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and like correspondingly, like gentler and easier. <laughs> it starts off a little rough. Uh, I felt like because in part just because the controls on the switch are not awesome. Um, I feel like the trying to have to having one having to move with a thumb hmm. 
and in rhythm and on a D-pad, which sometimes doesn't do exactly what you want it to, um, is frustrating. Um, I fa- So I found it almost impossible to... This was true in uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, too. I'm not, like, terrible at rhythm games. Like, I... At least... So, like, Guitar Hero, I could play through the first half of it on Expert. Like, I got pretty good at that, and, like, I understand timing, and right. I'm not devoid of rhythm, but I have never been able to... Like, the animation of Crypt of the Necrodancer, the fact that you hit the movement key on the beat, but then they're animated to jump to the next one, if I am watching the screen, I cannot maintain the beat in mm. that game, and huh. I just start missing it constantly. And so I switched to uh, I switched to the non-beat mode of Cadence of Hyrule, and then realized that my pro controller, about every fourth or fifth time I press up or down, just also throws in a right press. Oh, and so that's Dang. also entirely impossible for me to play that way because it's just like, well, here I go down the edge of this lake. Well, jumped in the lake, like just <laughs> constantly. And that's, going right without that is what I'm kind of talking about with switch controls is yeah. that like none of the controllers are like clean enough to to play it in the best in that like in a way that mm. makes sense. I didn't um, have any problems with it that way, but I mean my controllers still work pretty good. So I don't yeah, know. I wonder if some of them are just worse. I wonder if this was also part of why I had so much trouble with Celeste. Like it, yeah. if like because Same. you don't notice it, it's such an instantaneous activation of the button that a lot of games would probably just ignore it yeah um i want so i actually spent like about half an hour reading up like what would it take to get a keyboard to work with a switch and it's non-trivial like Mm -hmm. you have to you can you can just plug a keyboard into a switch and it will work whenever there's a text entry field but that's unless a developer has like specifically enabled keyboard controls it isn't just going to work in in games and so you have to like get a piece of hardware or like a software interpretation layer that is going to uh convert convince. from the keyboard to uh, yeah so you so do you have to, to like jailbreak your no, switch you don't have to, you don't have to do that you just like have a, a, a thing which sort of pretends like it is a controller pro controller and you got super into crypt of the necrodancer yeah, i played a bunch and, of it and you did you find that this game was comprehensible to you as a result of that? Yes. And it, it, it almost every enemy in this game is just a correlate yeah, from, has a from uh, Crypt of the yeah. Necrodancer. I remember Crypt of the Necrodancer tutorializing things way more than this does. This this kind of d- dumps you in real fast. What yeah. was your impression of it and your experience with it? I, I don't have a Switch, uh, so I just played it briefly before we started recording. And... I was excited to play it because I love rhythm games and I love Zelda games. I haven't played Crypt of the Necrodancer either, so I, I had kind of a hard time. But I felt like maybe with another half hour or so I would have gone into it. Um, and it looks great, and the soundtrack's really nice. Yeah, the soundtrack's good. Um, I, I, I'm not used to playing a rhythm game with, like, directions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah like Rhythm Heaven is one of my favorite games, uh, like, series, and... Uh, that's just one button, pretty much. Maybe two. I, like, I just don't like this game. I, wow. I, yeah. I, want, I was very excited about it. Like, the excitement that I felt when this was announced was 
and I think I said this on the podcast, like, oh man, Danny Baranowski must have been so fucking stoked to get to work on this. Like, and it, 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 it made me very happy. really good too. Yeah. It made me really happy that it existed, but I wasn't like, I don't know, I, like I hadn't thought through whether I would actually like the game or not. But man, I, like, I spent an hour playing it and that hour was like, trying to figure out how to get into the first dungeon and i just couldn't the can't find the gears or whatever no it was like the ocean one like just trying to figure out how to get into the like frozen lake thing and there was just yeah i just don't i just couldn't figure it out it's not it's not telegraphed very well yeah because because was it the you have to you have to wander into one of the one of the caves on the overworld of which nearly every tile has one <laughs> and and find the specific uh you know magic item that you need you can also just push a block into the water and hop over it you don't you don't have to have the snorkel or anything to get I there. kept trying to figure out how like what angle to get at it from to do that but then it was just so it was so frustrating like the movement was so frustrating because of that fucked up extra right. controller input that I just kept like having to start over. I I could not make any sense of what any of the enemies were doing either. And it might have been partly just because I didn't actually play that much Crypt of the Necrodancer, but I felt like at least the slimes in Crypt of the Necrodancer I kind of understood yeah, what the they fact were that, that in this they split up is kind yeah, of annoying. They, it's it doesn't uh it doesn't telegraph very well where the little slimes are going to end up. Or at yeah. all, I don't know if it does. And then I mean, the little it slides seems don't to, indicate where they're going to move. It seems to place them such that your parody is correct, so you just have to be paying attention. Like, the, it, mm. it, that wasn't the part. It was just, like, not really understanding. Like, do the blue ones just move up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. like on every other? Okay, and the green ones just don't ever do anything? Greens, greens don't move. I feel like the tutorial explained to me one of the telegraphs of one of the enemies for when they were going to attack, and I just never, I never had any sense of whether a given action was going to result in me taking damage or not. It was just kind of random based on what... If you are going to, if you move into a square that is going to be attacked, you'll take damage. How do you know what squares are going to be attacked? Uh, Well, you... Most basically every monster telegraphs when it's about to move, and they're almost always moving towards you in their particular movement pattern. Um, so like a lot of them are moving, like will only move when you like when they can see you in their row or column or whatever. Um, and so you have to like, like you, you often get like one beat where they like see you and you can like hit them in that beat, but if you don't kill them, then they'll they'll hit you um there are some that like have different weapons like there's one of those that like has a spear so it's like got a longer attack and so it hits you from further away and that kind of thing um there's a and lot do of- they have like telegraph sprites for i'm about to attack in every direction that are supposed to be recognizable no it's you just from context you should be able to know what direction it's moving right i mean the, i think they also most of them have a facing like does everything just always attack the thing that's in front of it when it's uh, it attacks the square that it's trying to move into yeah i see yeah okay there's there's not much like 
it, it's just like a roguelike in the sense that like, you push into what you want to attack, basically, for the most part. I Once I got the longsword, which is a thing that just attacks the three squares in front of you, yeah. I, I never switched away from that because that... I hear that the spear it... is really good too, but I haven't found one that wasn't glass yet. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to find the durable weapons for some reason. I don't exactly know why they've made that so hard. Um, I mean, it sounds like they're so much better. Like if they just like, oh, they are much mitigate than the most of the gameplay. Yeah. Well, they don't mitigate it, but they like make it much more comprehensive mm. and like much easier to like actually deal with. Um, is the world proc gen? The map is procedurally generated. Um, I, I think that's an, I think that's an option you select when you start no, the game, isn't it? It's the the overworld map is is randomly generated. Um, huh. I think it is just. I, I don't know that it is. Um, I think the screens are probably designed. Yeah, because there's they all felt very noisy and homogenous. But like, but the the puzzles are, seem to be in like little clusters right that you could kind of place yeah, i think those are the, i think the, i think that these part portions of the screens are designed i don't know about the full yeah. thing I've, i only played like through sp- it once like with... spelunky level generation style where it's like Maybe, placing yeah. pre-built chunks yeah i think that is probably pretty likely um but it's pretty it's pretty variable like it, i played through a little bit um with duncan we played like a little bit of two-player and it was a very very different map than the mm. playthrough that i had that I had had. That's um, maybe maybe when I finish it, because I'm I've I've got like three of the four instruments or whatever. Maybe I'll go back and try playing it through with the what's that that I've forgotten what they call the other menu option that turns it into turn based strategy instead of beat based. Because yeah, yeah, that sounds that's interesting cool. too. There's uh there's four characters that you can play as, and probably a fifth that no one has found yet, which hmm. is neat. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that it is probably some very obscure and or difficult thing to unlock. Probably tingle. Found it. <laughs> I mean, it could be. It's the it's the I don't know if you want me to spoil who the 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 fourth character is that no that people have found or not. Yeah. I'm interested now. Tingle has a clock on his. Uh, oh yeah. Necklace. Right. I think tingle is based on Flavor Flav. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I I played through it and actually finished it um, with a character and like got all the power ups just because I wanted to see them and stuff. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I once I got over the like once I got to like six or seven hearts, it yeah, became a it much becomes a lot and like two game. two bottles of health potion and yeah, it, make yeah, a big it becomes difference. real real easy. It's uh yeah it it it's uh it's been fun it it took me a long time to find uh, find where it was hiding all the gears for the second dungeon or I would have probably finished it by now but so I've been I, enjoying it. This sounds great. It is, it's and really I do good. like the and I do like the way it looks and I, maybe it, maybe I should just buy another pro controller to see you if it's less fucked up or maybe I just play with, with the just Joy-Con the Joy Cons and see yeah. what and see if that works better. Do you know? Uh, Tyreek Plummer. Uh, yes. Yeah. He uh, he worked on this game. He, yeah. He, he did, did a bunch of the, the like some of the art. Yeah. Right on. The like pixel arts, which is cool to see. That's cool. Yeah. Is Catacomb Kids like out yet? No. Is it just like early access? Yeah, I think so. it's still early yeah. access. Is my belief. So it's just going to keep getting harder. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what we didn't do? Decide what our next assignment is going to be. Oh. 
Yeah. So how about on the spot, Duncan, since you don't have to play it because you're not going to be here next week, what game would you, would you like to, to force us to play? Jim will have to play it also. Oh, my God. Perfect opportunity. On the spot, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, okay. I, I, it's just a big... Think of any video game. <laughs> any video game. <laughs> This was terrible. This was mean. I'm sorry. This, was a, this was a dirty sorry. improv trick. Riff, <laughs> uh, pick a pick an assignment that's not bloodstained. Oh, uh, I mean the only game that the only other one that's been on my radar and is Katana Zero. I don't even know if it's a game for me, but it's a new game that came out not long ago, and people seem to like it. I guess. What kind of game is it? I think it's like a it's like a side scrolly actiony game. I. I might be interested in it. Like, okay, I, I let's don't do know. it. Let's give it a try. Katana Zero. Okay. Yeah. The prequel. Yes. Is, uh, is this a part of a series of games? I don't think so. Okay. I think they're using Zero not as a number, but as a cool concept. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. I just made that up. I just made up the concept of Zero. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Take that, ancient Arabs. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, uh, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 375 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and thanks for joining us, Duncan. Oh, yeah, thanks. That was fun. Uh, my, my first uh, pirate internet pirate radio <laughs> show yeah. appearance. Good. Good. You've you've only done legitimate no, corporate-sponsored <laughs> corporate internet radio shows <laughs> before. Uh, and I hope we do it again real soon, and listeners, I hope you'll join us. And uh, if you do, be sure to tune in to our pirate station, videogameshotdog.com. Slash iTunes.com slash Apple Podcasts dot app. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Have a great week.